0: Well, Roy Ratnevell was born in Colombo, Sri Lanka in 1969. At the age of 17, he became a political prisoner and spent grueling months in brutal and oppressive conditions. Uh, after his miraculous release from prison, he arrived in Canada all alone at the age of 18. His story is told in a new book called Prisoner Number 1056, How I Survived War and Found Peace. Roy Ratnevell joins us now. Roy, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thanks, Jess. Thanks for having me. It's uh, Vancouver. used to be my hometown for 20 years. Now I live in Toronto, so I'm so glad to talk to you on a Friday.
0: Yeah, we're so lucky to have you and to to chat with you in regards to your incredible story. First of all, um, when did you come to the decision, and and explain your decision and your thinking in regards to why you wanted to write this book?
1: Yeah, okay, so I have sort of three reasons why I wanted to write this book. One, to tell the world about the trauma and the torture of a teenage boy uh, who was sent to prison at the age of 17. Then I wanted to give a voice to the next generation of Tamils who are coming of age in this country to tell their story or their parents' story of flooding Sri Lanka or leaving behind a horrific war. But mostly and mainly um, at the end of the day, I wanted to tell a story about and give an homage to Canada for... Being the beacon of hope and and a land of freedom and fairness to tell the Canadians here who are either being many generations in this country or new to this country to say we must cherish our freedom and democratic rights. We must protect it, enhance it, and when we leave this planet or Canada, we should leave it behind better than we have found it.
0: Now, at the age of 17, as I said in the intro, you became a political prisoner. Uh, speak to me how that happened and explain a little bit about the conditions that led you to being a prisoner.
1: Sure. Uh, just to give the listeners a bit of a uh, background on on where Sri Lanka is and what happened. Sri Lanka is an island nation. In the southern tip of India is an independent nation, uh, but not up until 1948. It was part of the... Um, a British, comp, a British uh, colony uh, until 1948, got its freedom, and then became a country of its own. And um, when... Oh, Roy, did we lose you? Oh, I think... Can you we, hear me? Yeah, I, we, can, just lost you hear? You the, we
0: just lost you there uh, yeah, for a minute.
1: Something weird happened there. <laughs> I just kind of... Uh, I didn't hear anything. Sorry. So... Uh, just let me go back here. So the country was uh, basically uh, got its independence in 1948. And then uh, there was um, the, the majority rule the country after that because, in a democratic setting, the majority rules. The So Tamils are the minority, predominantly Hindus, and I am a Tamil. And the Sinhalese are the majority, um, predominantly Buddhists. Mm-hmm. And the first prime minister of the country um, basically enacted. Discriminatory laws that would, over time, make the Tamils' economic uh, opportunities uh, non-existent. So that led to a, uh, a riot in 1983 called the July Black Riot, uh, race riot that killed more than 3,000 Tamils, which made millions of people to fled the country, and the war began. At that time, I was living in the north. In 1987, the, the uh, Operation Liberation, which was an operation conducted by the Sri Lankan Army, I was rounded up for only reason for being a Tamil at the age of 17 and sent to prison, where I was held for more than two months. And as you mentioned in, the, in your intro, miraculously, I was able to escape after facing uh, torture and uh, harsh conditions.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you, you, you got back home. How did you leave, end up leaving your homeland?
1: So when I came out of prison, my father decided that there's no future for a young Tamil boy like me and thought maybe Canada might be the land of opportunity and send me away for safety and hopefully prosperity. So how right he was in his assessment.
0: Uh, And you lost your father too, not too too long after that, right?
1: Yeah, I landed here on the 19th of April, uh, 1988, 35 years ago. Ironically, I'm talking to you exactly the same day. Uh, on April 21st, two days after I landed here, he was killed. Uh, so this is today is his t- 35th anniversary. Death anniversary. I'm talking to you and telling the story. Mm-hmm. I think that it is uh, symbolic that I'm actually having this conversation. Yeah, I think the you know after my father's death, untimely death, it left me with the feeling that maybe if I did well enough in life, uh, somehow I could make up for the life he should have had. And so I basically put everything into that. I took his pain of debt as the call for furnace of my ambition and just wanted to live his legacy and I'm so glad I did that. And the only way I was able to do that is a country like Canada because it gave me the 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 opportunity to have those uh, um um chances. And uh, and I truly believe that freedom and choice are the only two things a human being should be guaranteed, and the rest is up to them to take the best of it.
0: So you arrive in Canada, a young man, $50 in your pocket. Uh, what were your impressions? how do you? How, where do you find housing? How do you build a career? What was going through your mind at such a young age?
1: Yeah, no, obviously that was, um, it, it's hard for anyone, and especially for a young boy who never, ever left the, the, his homeland. But to be fair, I had an uncle here who was uh, a very, very loving uncle and supportive. I knew he was here. If case scenario, I can at least um, get his help. But uh, he was also new to this country. He was only here for uh, a year or so. So he had his own challenges. So I had to kind of fend for myself. And the first thing I did was, uh, just like any immigrant would do, um, just get some jobs. And so with the lack of... Um, with the lack of... Uh, the lack of opportunity uh, or experience, I was able to only get jobs, odd jobs, right? Like factories and security mm-hmm. guards, and cleaning buildings. And, and I just realized at some point I had to get out of this and start figuring out a way to get some serious, uh, um, career. And so I applied for a job called, uh, I basically is an office help a mail room in 1989, a year after I came and, uh, and I was a small investment firm on Bay Street. And uh, I joined the mailroom. And 35 years later, I'm the executive and the head of Canadian operations.
0: That is quite the story. Uh, and as you mentioned at the beginning of our interview, uh, you uh, spent a lot of time here in Vancouver. How did you end up in our city for a while?
1: Yeah. So they say, go west, young man. Very thoughtful <laughs> opportunity. So I, uh, I was living here in Toronto. I came in 88, uh, 98. I had an opportunity to come out to Vancouver. And I... Um, as a, um, the VP of sales for my investment firm that I'm still working at. And I, yeah, I came in. I remember my first uh, place is Yale Town on Pacific Boulevard there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked at the Scotiabank building and that's where my office was. And uh, it's kind of triggered my memory when, when, when you guys said you're in Pacific Center. I, I basically frequent that mall many times. So <laughs> yeah, that's what brought me there. And uh, I spent 18 years um in vancouver and had made many friends and this is another reason i wrote the book because uh, it gave me a unique opportunity to travel across western canada from winnipeg all the way to victoria and Mm -hmm. small towns and i i really had a great time talking to canadians from small towns and big towns and uh that is sort of one of the reason i wrote the book because just to get the beauty of this country and everywhere i went i had amazing friends amazing clients and, uh, and I just realized that there's only one thing that, that connects hum- humanity. It's just really, if you look beyond our differences, there's amazing things we can do. And I think this country stands as a testament to that, that statement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to bring up in the book. So if you think about this book in one way, it's not really about some teenage boy who suffered and came here and made a living for himself, which is in itself is a great story. And it's many, there are many stories like that but i want to sort of say what is the third act what's the message here the message is that sometimes i always say that when you're born into something that you don't really appreciate it. there's a sense of complacency and i do believe that freedom is tough, easy to deny uh, denounce freedom and it's hard to acquire it and i think of my message in the book at the end of the really talks about how as canadians we should really be on alert for really defending our uh, individual freedoms and democratic rights as, as people because if you just ignore that then you end up getting Sri Lanka
0: mm-hmm. uh, Have you been able to go back to your homeland
1: to visit? I was able to go back in 2002 during the peace talks uh, before the war broke out again just one time to go back and just emotionally connect with where my father was killed and, and try to put that behind me and so that was a sort of therapeutic trip I went down to and then in later in 2010 after the war um, Uh, I was put on a list of people who cannot enter the country uh, since, So I never had the chance to go back again. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I hope you do uh, wa- get to go back. And, and I just wanted to say uh, it's a fabulous book. It's called Prisoner Number 1056, How I Survived War and Found Peace. And, um, uh, Roy, your story is incredibly inspiring. To, to arrive in Canada with $50 in your pocket is a story enough, but to, as a 17-year-old, to be thrown in jail and to go through torture and uh, to make something of yourself to the point where your uh, senior executive now now at a a major asset company here uh, in Canada. Um, You represent and reflect everything that is uh, wonderful about this country. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Jazz. Have a great weekend.